Hello, this is Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with sharing the Word of God. Today we're going to be doing a Bible study and we're going to be coming from John chapter 11. And this is the story about the um, three main characters and um, it's talking about Lazarus, his sister, Martha, and Mary. And so today we're going to be coming from chapter 11. So get your Bible so you can follow along or if you, um, if you prefer. And if you don't, you can just listen. So today we're um, talking about uh, the topic we really want to talk about is a certain man. And the question is, I want to ask you, are you a certain man? Or even you can call it, are you a certain woman? But we find here in the story of Lazarus, we're going to start at chapter 1. It says, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And already it identifies Lazarus as being a certain man. That means that for this point in time that God had already picked Lazarus out, that he was destined for this purpose of God. So when you look up the name Lazarus, Lazarus means uh, derived, it's derived from Eleazar and it's a Hebrew name and it means God has helped. So we find the setting that they are here in the town of Bethany and then there's Mary and there's Martha. And Bethany is right next to Jerusalem it sits at the foot of the Mount of Olives. And so it means house of welcome. So here it is. You have these three main characters here. You've got Lazarus. You've got Mary. And you have Martha. And it it points out in verse number two, it says, And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So it distinctly points out that although there are many Marys that uh, were at this time, it points out that this is that Mary. So it points out that there's a certain Mary here that we're talking about, but it's that Mary that anointed Jesus' feet with ointment, anointed Jesus with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair. So it shows that she's going to play an important role in the life of Jesus and things that would happen to him. But the story says that there was a problem that was going on in Bethany with with Lazarus. It says in that third verse, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. So we know that if they sent to the Lord, there has to be some type of fellowship that's going on with them. And you know, in our time, when somebody is sick, in our uh, community or sick in our families, we notify people that we care about that uh, Jody is sick or Amy is sick. And normally when somebody's sick, they come to you. They will come and see about you. It says that this sickness that Jesus said, though, it it wasn't uh, it wasn't. Uh, going to be a sickness that was going to be unto death. We see like there's a relationship with them too because if you look back you can see the fellowship that was between Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Jesus when um, in Luke, if you go back to Luke chapter 10 and you look and you'll see that when it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, 
that Jesus had gone into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard the word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him referencing Jesus and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she would help us. So in other words, what she was saying in terms that we understand, Martha over here, here I am slaving, trying to get this food on the table, and my sister is sitting at your feet. Tell her to get up off of it and come over here and help me. So that's the translation. But Jesus' answer to her is that Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary have chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So here it is, you've got Martha, and she reminds me of my mother, um, Martha, who is here, and she is busy working in the kitchen. And she's concerned about getting the food on the table. Here the other one is sitting at his feet. And she's concerned about hearing the word of God. So an important lesson is taught right here to Martha. Because she's going to stand out as a certain person as well. Because she's here and she's doing what she's called to do. And I believe that that is ministry to her. And she wants it to be done perfectly. But the thing about it is, is that Mary is called to sit at his feet. Because she's going to be a certain person too that's destined to do a certain thing for the Lord. And she needs to hear that word of God. So the important thing about this part of it is that whenever you or I have an assignment, we still have to stay in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We got to stay connected to him. So no matter whatever we're, whatever purpose we're called to, that we do our our purpose and we serve God, but we have to remember that we have to have that fellowship with Jesus Christ, that we have to have that fellowship time with God. So there's a lesson that's taught to Martha while Mary is sitting here and absorbing the words that Jesus is pouring into her. Because the word of God being poured into us is always going to be important in sustaining us when we go through certain times of life or certain periods of life that we need to be able to hang on to the word of God that is to be hidden on the inside of us. That that word of God, that we can pull that word of God up when we need that word of God in certain times and that we cling to it so that we can reach to the places and uh, on on our human timeline of life that when we reach certain points in our life when God has us designated as a certain person for a certain purpose for him that we can pull that word of God when we need it and that we are able to accomplish that thing that God wants us to accomplish at that time. But Jesus says in that fourth verse, he says, and when Jesus heard that, because they sent for him, because they're talking about that the one whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby. So you've got Lazarus here laying on his sick bed and if they're sending for Jesus then he's pretty sick you've got Mary and Martha calling for Jesus and so there's something that we're going to see that if they've got this close fellowship with 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 Jesus then they're sending for the Lord to come and see about Lazarus after all you love him after all You care about us. So what we're about to see is we're about to see that how there's a connection that's between the father and the son. So here on earth, we're about to see the unity 
revealed and unveiled to them of how heaven is going to meet earth. Heaven is already on on earth with Jesus walking on the earth, but the power of the Almighty, the human uh, who are here are going to be able to see the glory of God. We're going to see the power of God move. We're going to see the power of God move through the sun on the earth so that there can be no doubt about it that God truly is in Jesus and Jesus truly is the son of God. So it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So there's connection right there. There's fellowship right there. There's a unity right there. And so if you've sent for somebody and you've got concern, you got an expectation that whomever you've sent for when you need help or whenever you are in trouble, because you got a relationship with that person and and because there is fellowship with you, then you know that when you call on your friends to help you, to come and see about you, you know that they're coming. So I can imagine, if you think about it, that Mary and Martha and Lazarus was laying there in his sick bed because he was just that sick, that he was laying there. But in his mind, he knew that Jesus was coming. That in Mary's mind, she knew that Jesus was, would come. And Martha's mind, they knew that Jesus would come because that's the expectation that you would have with friendship of anybody. So, you know, you got friends down here and when you need them, they're going to come see about you. But what we find is in that sixth verse, it says, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. So he got the word. It's just like you call and you text somebody on the phone. You call them and you text and you call them and leave a message that Jody is sick or grandma's sick. Uh, and you text them, Jody's sick, Amy's sick, Percy's sick. But they stay two more days and you let them know how grave this sickness is, and they remain two more days, well, that's what Jesus did. They were expecting him to be there. They knew he was coming in their spirit. They knew that Jesus loved him. But the report is, is that Jesus stayed where he was two more days. They knew that there was a friendship between them. But God knew that there was a friendship between them and he didn't tell Jesus to go. But there was a love that Jesus had too for his father. And he knew he had to do the will of his father. So whatever the relationship was that was between Lazarus, Mary, Martha and Jesus. Jesus' relationship with his father superseded the love that he had for his friends because he knew that this sickness wasn't unto death. But he knew that there was a purpose behind this sickness that would bring glory to God, that would bring glory to to him as being the son of God. So Jesus was intentional about what he was doing and he chose to follow God's plan versus what men would expect of a friend. When we are intentional in our actions and we follow what God has told us to do, People not always going to understand why we do what we do or why you do what you do. But you got to follow what God is saying. So here it is that Mary and Martha and Lazarus, 
They are expecting Jesus to respond and they waiting on him to respond. And they know that Jesus, when Jesus gets there, he's going to fix it. They know that Lazarus is going to be healed because they've heard so much of how uh, Jesus was healing before. They knew he'd do what he's been doing for other people. But in this scenario, what's going to happen is things are going to happen for the glory of God. In life, when things such as we'll see is going to happen with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, in life sometimes bad things do happen to us. Things that we waited on God to come. We waited on Jesus to show up. We waited for that healing. We waited for that new job promotion. We waited to have that baby that we've been longing for and couldn't get pregnant. So, so many things that we waited on God for, but we found out that they didn't, they didn't happen. So, the, the thing is, is when situations don't turn out the way that we want them to turn out, the thing is, what are we going to do? Are we going to get bitter? Or will we have an attitude of praise yet and still to God that God this did not work out the way that I thought that it would work out oh God you didn't answer like I thought that you would answer but yet and still in the mind of the person who's going through you say that even though this did not turn out the way that I wanted God you still my God so I still will serve you I still will love you Look at the situation with how uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving was formed. It was formed because a mother's child was killed by a drunk driver. And But think about all the lives that she's affecting and trying to save so that nobody else will have to go through the pain and the agony that their family went through. People who have illnesses and diseases. Think about those of their relatives who passed on, but yet and still they built foundations and stuff that would help others who were going through the same thing as them. And think about all of the thousands of people that could be impacted and helped who are going through situations. And they did it. They went through a hard time, but glory came out of it because so other, so many other people were helped by it. And even we down, if you just bring it down to one, look at the little boy who talked about how President Joe Biden helped him because he had a stutter. That's not thousands, but that's one. And God cares about us even to the one. God's got certain people on the time, the human timeline of life, and I have to say it like that because God is an eternal God and God does not die, but uh, we as human, are have, we live in time. And so on the timeline that we have, has God designated from eternity that at a certain point on your timeline, you are a certain person who will do certain things for God. And then... When you get to that timeline, will you realize that you are in a moment in time that God has designated for you just as this moment in time came for Lazarus, it came for Mary, and it came for Martha. So just imagine if if all of us could realize when we reach those certain moments, if we had the right and the correct response and that we didn't get bitter in the situation that's happening to us and that we could keep that right attitude in this and that we would fall on our knees and we would say, God, I don't like this situation, what I'm in, but I know that you're going to help me. God, I may not like it, but I know that you're my God in this situation. Help me to see this from your vantage point, God. Help me to see this the way that you see this, God, so that I have the right response. So the thing about it is, is that even in our world right now, we are in a pandemic. And so the question is, is 
uh, this pandemic, uh, it might have caught us by surprise. But with God being an eternal God, it was already, he already saw it. He already knew it would be part of what would happen. He already knew and has planned for this to be, uh, he's planned for this here right now. He knew this pandemic would come about. But the question is, is what glory is going to come out of this? Well, how should we act in this time frame? We're here in it. What is to be our response? What is God doing? We may not always understand, but what we got to do and we got to what we got to do is know that our God is still in control and we got to know that somehow glory is going to come out of this. Glory is going to come out of this. And so it was that Jesus stayed where he was. He stayed there two more days. But we know that something good is going to come up out of this. And in your life and my life, we know that if we trust in the Lord, it may be an uncomfortable situation. And it may be that it doesn't look right. But in this situation, we see a God-ordained moment that is about to happen. We see that God's got uh, players, certain ones that he's called out for this season. They are in a God-ordained moment. And you expect the outcome to be glory. So they expected Jesus to show up at any time, but Jesus didn't show up. So what looks like, it's going to look one way, but it's going to be another. And when he doesn't show up, you question, is this really my friend? This looks like a fake relationship. When he doesn't show up, it looks like that everything that he talked to me If this is Mary here, then when he doesn't show up, then everything he talked to me, he talked to me and he taught me about love. He taught me about this and he taught me about that. But if you don't show up when you should have showed up, then then is everything you taught me a lie? Can you imagine how Ma Mary felt sitting at the feet of Jesus? And here it is that when you know that you have this man who calls himself the son of God and you believe what he says, that he doesn't show up when your brother is sick. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how Lazarus may have felt that his friend didn't come when he called on him. And maybe how Mary felt, how how Martha felt that Jesus didn't show up when they called on their friend Jesus, who had been with them before and whom they had fellowship. So it looks like this whole friendship is a lie. And it looks like this, this that, you know, Jesus didn't show up and then he, Lazarus, he's going to pass away. It looks like death, but we're going to see glory. So our situation might look a certain way, but if we are faithful and if we don't get bitter, if we don't get bitter and let that bitter root take place, uh, root up and spring forth out of our heart, then we'll see glory. It'll look like death. But we'll see glory. It may look like chaos, but we will see glory. It may look like everything is falling apart. But if we hang on to what God says, we will see glory. So they are in a God-orchestrated moment. And they may not be recognizing it right now at this point. The question is, is are you in a God-orchestrated moment in your life? Do you recognize where you are? Do you recognize the moment that you are in? So we got a pandemic going on for us. There's death. There's job loss. There's racial divide. There's political unrest, governmental unrest. You got church leadership failing to walk by integrity, character, and ethics. Some of them domestic terrorists and suicide rate up. You got 
domestic violence on the increase. You got children not being able to go to school. You got stress to monumental proportions. And what we want to say is just like Mary and Martha who sent for Jesus to come. We want to say, God, fix it. We want to tell God, do something. Do something about it. But yet and still, you can hear just like Jesus said at Luke in Luke 10, that like Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, we got to stay connected now to this word of God. We got to pour in the word of God to us and we got to pray and we got to stay connected because in this God orchestrated moment that we are in, wearing masks, social distancing, getting uh, vaccinations from Corona. We got to stay connected to the word of God. And so we are in a God orchestrated moment. Do you not see it? So the Bible declares that, as I said, that when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there two more days. And then he said unto them, Let us go into Judea again at that seventh verse. And so Jesus stayed where he was because Jesus moved in God's ordained moments. So he's not going to move in an expectation of what we expect of him. God does We expect God to move a certain sort of way, but the timing of it is the question. We always want everything we want. We want it now. That means we want it instantaneously. But God has a rhythm and a timing to everything that he does. So then when Jesus said, let us go into Jerusalem, then in that eighth verse, we see the reasoning of of man. And it says, one of them said to a master, the Jews of late have sought to stone thee and you go us there again. So that's the reasoning of the disciples that's following with him. But then Jesus makes a statement and he says to him in that ninth verse, are there not 12 hours in a day? That's that's natural daylight he's referring to. He says, if a man walks in day, he stumbleth not. So when you look at it spiritually, if you walk with the light of God on you, because you can see with the light of God shining on you in the world. So when you got God leading you with light, you got godly leadership ahead of you. You can trust that. But he says in that 10th verse, but if a man walk in the night, then that means that spiritually, if you walk with unwise, ungodly counsel, it says you're going to stumble. He stumbleth because there is no light. So he knew what he was doing. So in other words, what he was saying to the disciple is, I know what I'm doing. Follow me. Whenever we follow after godly wisdom, we know it's going to be all right. Might not be in the timing that we want for things to happen, but godly wisdom will never fail. He says, our friend Lazarus sleep in that 11th verse, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. The disciple says, if he sleeps well, he does well. And then Jesus tells him in the 14th verse that he's dead. He says in in that 15th verse, and I'm glad for your sakes, I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. So Lazarus is dead. And so look at this point here. He says that Lazarus is dead. But the important thing is, is that he says, let us go unto him. He didn't say, let us go and see about Mary and Martha. He says, let us go unto a dead man. Amen. So. Oh, why you need to go to a dead man who's dead? You need to go to those who are living and 
help those. That is the way that we would see it. Because those who are left to mourn the death of those passing are the ones who, in our eyes, that need to be comforted. But he says, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas to him in that 16th verse, let us also go that we may die with him. Because they already were trying to stone Jesus for what he said before. And so Thomas is saying this. I don't know whether he said it because he truly meant it or he was just doubting and unbelieving. Lord, this man going to take us over here and we going to all get killed together. I don't know if that's how he meant it or he meant it as being bold and courageous that I'm going to stand with you to the end. No matter what, to the end, I'm going to stand with you, God. So that's the thought processes that's going on. So it says in the 17th verse that we find out that uh, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. And so now um, he goes into... He goes and heads to Bethany, which is about two miles from Jerusalem. And so um, Mary and many of the Jews were already there with Mary and with Martha because they were mourning the loss of their brother. And so the Bible declares that in that 20th verse, it says that uh, Martha, she heard that Jesus was coming And she went out to meet him. So now look at this contrast here. Mary's in the house and Martha's in the house. But Martha hears that Jesus is coming and she goes out to meet him. Now, I don't know whether Mary heard it at this point, but let me let me digress and go on because I see a contrast here. Remember before that Jesus had told Martha that in in Luke that she was cumbered about many things when she was trying to serve and get Jesus to get Mary to come and to hear uh, get married to co- get stopped from sitting at his feet and come and help her serve. But here we see she's the first one who leaves the house now. So what has happened with her? Has she hearkened unto what Jesus has said that she was too in need of listening and sitting at the feet of Jesus? She's the first one to go out and she's going to go and she goes to meet Jesus while Mary is still sitting in the house. So she goes to meet Jesus and I can imagine that I, the Bible does not say this, but I can imagine that Martha is sitting in the house because Martha thinking in her mind, hey, where were you? Where were you four days ago when we called for you? The Bible doesn't say it. It could be that she didn't hear it. But I'm just telling you how human beings act. The thing would be, where were you when we needed you? And maybe Mary is sad and she she is to the point where she did not, um, she's sad in her spirit, but she's to the point where I ain't got time for you. You couldn't come for me when I needed you. So I ain't studying you. It could be, it could be. So I'm just doing, throwing out theology because that is how the human beings think. So here it is that Martha, she goes ahead and she leaves out because she heard that Jesus is there. And this is the great, this is a great contrast that we see between who, who was sitting at the feet of Jesus and where she is now. And the one who was so busy serving at the time, it just tells me that she was a certain woman too, Martha, that would have growth, that would have growth that she Uh, listen to what Jesus had said that she had prayed to the father and somehow she had grown because she still ran out to meet Jesus so they have a dialogue and so when she gets to meet Jesus if you uh, look at the Bible and you read the verses uh, go to verse 20 uh, she even makes a statement to him she's and they talking about um, she says to, to Jesus that whatsoever he was, she knew even now, even though that her brother was dead, that whatever he would ask of God, that God would give it to him. She realized that there was a connection between Jesus and God. She realized that the connection between Jesus and God was divine. So she knew that whatever Jesus would ask of our father God that God would do it for her 
And she says, I know that uh, brother will rise again. And Jesus said the brother will rise again. And then she says, I know, yeah, that he's going to rise again at the resurrection. But Jesus pointed out to her in that 25th verse that he was the resurrection. So resurrection was, was right there in front of her. Resurrection was now. And that resurrection was in him. So he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm in that 25th verse. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me never dies. Believest thou this? And she says, yeah, Lord. She believed what the Lord had told her. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which shall come into the world. She realized that prophecy had been fulfilled. So she believed him. And so what she did was she left. The 28th verse says that she left Jesus and she went and called her sister Mary, but she called her secretly. And that is why I believe that Mary heard that Jesus was there. Because why else would the Bible point out that uh, Martha called Mary secretly. And you know why? Because you stop and you think about human reasoning and how we think. Because if she had a called in front of the people, I'm, I believe that it could have been that Mary showed, it could have been that Mary showed out. Could have been that Mary would have said such and such and such and such. I ain't going to see him. Why didn't he show up then? But the Bible says that she called her secretly. And I believe this is some stuff that's not written here that they had a little dialogue and conversation. And I'm saying that I believe because we can't add to and we can't take take away from the Bible. But I'm just saying the theology, I'm just saying how we think, how human beings think, that she called her secretly and she talked to her. And then she told her, she said, the master is come and is calling for you. And it does, you know, so she gets up and as soon as she heard that, sometimes in life, all we got to hear is that somebody cares about us. Mary gets up and she leaves and she goes and she talks to Jesus. And so she goes and she has a dialogue with the Lord. When Jesus saw Mary, uh, when some of the Jews saw that Mary got up real quickly, then she followed, then they followed after Mary because they knew that she was going to the graveside. When she got to Jesus, she fell down and she worshipped him. When she had tears about her, but she fell down and she worshipped him. And can't you see this in her heart? She's glad to see him because there's love that's been between them. She's glad to know that he's there and that he cares. But the thing about it is that she's also mourning the loss of her brother. And she says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus saw her weeping. She saw, he saw the other weeping, other people weeping. And he groaned in his spirit because unbelief grieves the spirit of God. The words and the actions, when you have words of that you have faith, but you have actions that say that you don't have faith, then your inconsistency grieves the spirit. Because God wants us to believe that what he says he will do, he will do. And so she's got tears. Her, you know, she's, she's mourning. She's grieving. She was expecting something to happen. And it didn't happen. And so her reality is, is that Jesus is here now, but her brother is dead. Jesus, why didn't you come? If you had come, Lazarus would still be alive. But you didn't come. And here he's been dead for four days is the way that she was thinking in her mind. But this is a God-orchestrated moment. And so we're going to see that the glory of God has come about. 
God's moments call for God's actions. And so Jesus had to lay aside the fact that he might have been moved by her tears, but he had to follow what God had told him to do because this moment would be for the glory of God. And so we've got a God-orchestrated moment that calls for a God action. And so Jesus, he leaves off from the crying and the hollering. And the Bible says that Jesus wept. And he wept because of the unbelief. But yet and still, he couldn't be moved by those emotions. And I imagine that Jesus wept too because as you have the woman who had the issue of blood who touched Jesus, she touched him because of the virtue. He felt virtue go out of him. But this time Jesus is being touched. I believe he he had no reason to weep for Lazarus because he already knew what God was going to do. But he wept because of the unbelief that was pulling on him. That was sin pulling on him. And Jesus was not a sinner. And for all that to be pulling on him, for her grief to be pulling on him, for the all the people that came uh, with her, crying and pulling on him all the time he had been here teaching yet and still they did not believe to the point that they should believe so yeah he wept he wept he wept so he says I I think that Jesus he says that he called out and he talked to God and his weeping was not tears for them. His weeping was tears not for Lazarus. His weeping was tears because of the unbelief. So he told them that they needed to um, roll the, get ready to roll that stone away. And that if they could just believe that they were going to see the power of God. So Martha Martha was back at the grave by now. And she's saying in that 39th verse. Let me back up and go to that 37th verse. The 36th verse. The Jews saw how much he loved them because he cried. They said, The Jews said, Behold how he loved them, not realizing that he was really crying because of their unbelief. And some of them said in that 37th verse, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind and have caused even uh, this man should not have died? And then Martha says in that 39th verse, He says, She says, Lord, by this time he stinketh because Jesus is wanting them to get the stone and roll it away. He's been dead for four days, but for human reasoning, he needed to be dead for four days. Because four days, you know he's really dead. Four days, he's going to stink and you know that he's dead. And so the stench would tell you that this is a dead man. And so they would end up seeing that. This is going to be for the glory of God. He says, I said not unto thee that you should believe, but you should see. the. I, I said I not unto thee that you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. So we see that to see glory, belief is tied in with glory. They took away the stone where the dead was laid. And he says in that 41st verse through the 42nd, he said, Father, I thank God. He says, Father, I thank thee that that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. So 
the belief that was in Jesus, he believed that whatever his father said he would do, he would do. It was as if, and it wasn't as if, it was that belief was in his DNA. Belief was so ingrained in him because he was the son of God. Belief was all in his body. Faith was in his body. Power power was in his body. Healing was in his body. Resurrection was in his body. Everything that was needed for this God-orchestrated moment was there. The certain ones who needed to see it were there. The certain ones who were needed to be involved were there. And so it was that Jesus called in a loud voice and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And so it was that he called him. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He called him out. And so the Bible declares that Lazarus got up. He was a dead man. The dead man came forth. It says that he came out in grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin, that 44th verse. And so the dead man got up. The dead man was walking. Somebody said, and I've heard people always say that he called him out by Lazarus and he called him out and he said, called out his name, Lazarus come forth. Some people say he had to say Lazarus or everybody dead would get up. I don't know whether I agree with that or not because my name is Valerie. There are thousands of Valerie. Your name may be Jim. There are thousands of Jims. Your name may be Becky, thousands of Beckys. But when the word is designated for a specific person, when the word is designated for you or I in a difficult season, in a timeline of life, when the word is designated for us, that word is going to act on us. Amen. That word is going to act on us. So Lazarus, he comes forth. The designated word to that Lazarus. The certain man named Lazarus that Jesus was identifying that he was calling forth that certain man who was with Mary and Martha. When he came out, he came out bound with grave clothes. His face was bound with a napkin. Don't you know we got dead men walking around with us? When we got dead men walking, we got grave clothes on because Satan wants us to act like we dead. Our eyes are covered to keep us from seeing. Our ears are covered to keep us from hearing. Our nose are covered to keep us from sensing and smelling that God is in the room. It's to keep us bound. Our mouths are covered to keep us from speaking and proclaiming forth that word of God. And so when we bound, we have a stench on us that's a dead things because we're walking in unbelief we're walking not in the faith of God and so it was that we see that is here for the glory of God and then Jesus tells them to loose him and let him go sometimes we got to be helped to be loosed and to let go but in this story of Martha Lazarus and Mary we see that the glory of God was revealed we see that the glory of God came on their life we see that there's one call from death unto life we see that that there's one who thought that service was important but had to know that we had to stay connected to God and we see one that sat at the feet of Jesus and who might have turned back for a moment in a in a bad time but knew she had to go back to the Savior and be reunited and connected in thought and mind with the Savior. So my question to you today, this Bible study has been glorious to me, but are you a certain one? Are you a certain one that's called out for something that's on the the human timeline that God in eternity has called you to a certain purpose, that he's called you to a certain thing. He's called you to a certain thing 
that will happen in your life that will bring glory to God, that will bring glory to Jesus, and also will bring some glory to you. Are you a certain one? And if you are a certain one, will you realize the God orchestrated moment in your life? Will you realize when God is calling you for such a time as this? And will you keep a right attitude in the midst of it? Even in a pandemic, even in a bad, what you see is a bad time. Will you realize that this is a God orchestrated moment for your life? And will you look up and you recognize what time you are in? Will you realize that God is with you? Will you say, God, that I don't understand everything that is happening? Hallelujah. Oh God, but I will trust in you. Oh God, I will trust in you in this moment. God, I will believe you, oh God. But just help me with this, God. Just help me through this, oh God. Oh God, and if you help me, God, I will do what you told me to do. And God, I will give you all the glory and all the praise. God, I will lift you up, oh God. I will magnify your name in this, oh God. Oh God, and I will give you all the praise. And if you will do this, glory will come out of this. Glory in your life will come out of this God orchestrated moment in your life. Just as glory came to Mary, Lazarus, and Martha in this time. As God led them, God will lead you. As God helped them, God will help you. And as God revealed himself and the glory of the Lord was seen, the glory of the Lord will be revealed in your life. Amen, amen, amen. I thank God for this teaching and I thank God that you listen and may you walk this thing out in your life and may you have God orchestrated moments in your life that you recognize and may glory come out of every situation in your life and may you walk in the glory of the Lord and God will glorify and lift you up as well. So until you and I can meet again, I want you to be blessed and I want you to enjoy your day. And so until we meet again, this has been Evangelist Valerie Laurie with sharing the word of God. Uh, Be blessed and bye-bye.